listen to mama.com you might not go to hell mind of man mind of god number 70 it's january the 13th 2008 a new year for us the feast of the baptism of the lord hi dave hey reiner how are you doing i'm great how are you Pretty good, oddly enough, uh, listening to our theme song. I, I just got back from one of the rings of hell. I was in Los Angeles. <laughs> really? How was well, it for you? Oh, it was fine. You know, actually, I, I really liked Los Angeles. I didn't really spend much time there. But I, I would say the driving in Los Angeles is like one of the rings of hell. But but the, the town itself, kind of pretty, kind of interesting. A lot of creativity. Did you see any famous people or anything? I didn't see squat. I didn't see one famous person. <laughs> you didn't take a tour of the Hollywood stars' homes or anything like that? We drove around a little bit. We go on those maps, but all the people on the map were, like, dead, it, like <laughs> Errol Flynn. Who gives a crap about Errol Flynn's house at this point, you know? I guess. But, but, uh, but other people who are almost dead probably care. <laughs> I suppose that, you know, the, the map to be... Those people even older than us. <laughs> That's that's a comforting thought that they're that they're out there, <laughs> to me anyway. Yeah, but anyways, LA was LA was kind of fun, and I, I one thing I noticed too, we went to the I have a membership with the Y, and so we went to the Hollywood YMCA, and uh, I noticed that it was three in the afternoon. That place was packed. I don't think anyone works in LA. I think they just do Pilates and and yoga. And they probably all work at night. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they're all waiters, and that if they had a gig, they'd be they wouldn't be at the YMCA. They'd I all the people got up at two o'clock. That would be morning for them, you know. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay. Anyway, so uh, what's new with you? Oh, nothing. It's a new year, and I'm ready to go in there and change the world, Dave. Me too. Are you? I I woke up. I said I'm going to change the world today. <laughs> Well, you know, in some sense, we all do change the world a little bit every day. So, yeah, hopefully for the better. But you know, one one never knows. But uh, all right, so the baptism of the Lord. Okay, here's here's my read on what I got. You know, I I had to read these two or three times before I kind kind of got a theme on it. And I was thinking, this is a little bit about being anointed and being chosen, like the whole baptism thing, and then. Even the second reason talks about, well, uh, in every nation, whoever fears him and acts uprightly is acceptable to him. It's it's the idea of being chosen by God, being that being um, symbolized or, or validated by being baptized. So I, I think that's a you bit what? of what the reading is about. Yeah, yes, and I'm listening to you, looking at this, and going, that's true, but... But here's the interesting part about the being chosen. It's that, like, even in the first reading at the end, it says, um, you know, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners mm-hmm. uh, from the dungeons, those who live in darkness. Mm-hmm. And in the second reading, Peter's talking to Cornelius, who's this Roman or okay. something, right? He's he's not a Jew, and that's what this is all about. And even in in the gospel Jesus was not a member of the clergy right 
John the Baptist saw him and said, oh, you're not, I shouldn't do this. And he says, go ahead. But the point is, all these people that are being chosen are not the people that you would expect. To be chosen. Right. To be, they're, they're not the elite <laughs> members of the society, the clan, whomever. It's, you know, the people in jail, the non-Israelite um you know, Roman people who, the chosen people of God, which would be the Israelites, would think these people are not, you know, they're, they're heathens. Because actually I looked up this axis. Isn't this the one where, yeah, it's an axis, right? This follows, the whole story is where Peter gets that vision from God and where the, it comes down from heaven where all the animals, and he says, I'm not going to eat that stuff. It's unclean because, you know, they can only eat certain kind of animals. Right. And God says, don't call unclean what I've said is right. clean. And then immediately comes the people from Cornelius's camp because he also had had a dream to say, go and get this guy to come and do this. So, you know, God was architecting this from both ends. <laughs> but, but the point is, it's that the people that are being chosen are like the outcasts, the prisoners, the you know, the pagans, the heathens, the you the know. Samaritans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 yet and these are the people and, and you know, I don't know if you want to put Jesus in that group, but you know, even when Jesus says, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So God can be well pleased with you even if you're not a member of the established hierarchy. Well, almost seems like that's a prerequisite. Almost. It's almost if you are a member of the hierarchy, you're almost at more at risk. <laughs> well, it's probably harder for you to get there because you have all this established power and money and you've already you kind of have your own your own god in the senses, your own position and your own place in the in the social structure. I guess so. You think I'm I'm already the guy, so what do I need? You know, why do I need Although, God you know, or anything? Yeah, that, that was the Israelite, uh, you know, the, the Jewish thing when when they asked God for a king in the Old Testament, which was during this Isaiah period. They were worried that the king would be like this, which is why they had prophets. The prophets were, you know, they said, well, we're going to have a king, but we're going to have also a prophet whose job it is to tell the king that you're not all that. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> So I mean, they they were aware of this corrupting influence of of power and money. Yeah. So yeah. well, it's, uh, I'm sort of just thinking that this was a new, perhaps a new idea, um, just to Christianity in a way that uh, it. I know that the Romans, when they took over, they would bring their gods and they'd try to, you know. Um, put them in some type of relation to the local gods, but I think that was more of a an, an imposition uh, a sort of strategy. I, this maybe is kind of a new idea that a religion and, and a belief can uh, cross boundaries, cross ethnic, tribal, national boundaries. It I, was I, indeed. Yeah. And that all, I mean, just going with that theme, that all can be it's a wide tent, in other words. I mean, many peoples and and can be a part of it. Um, We're all members of the family of God. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and yet everybody, I mean, everywhere you go, there's always a segregated thing. I mean, you say that and then you think about the Jews. Well, the whole, you know, one of the primary tenets of their whole infrastructure is that, we, you know, we are the chosen people right. set apart. I mean, that's even what holiness means, right? What does sacred mean? Set apart from the rest to belong to God. Well, <laughs> I mean, you you could I see how you could get there, but the message is always, yes, you're set apart, but it's not, you know, there's no telling who that set apart person might be, it's right? Because you remember already that don't mean that. You know, yeah, it does. You're not necessarily set apart because of your ethnic or racial background or whatever it is you yeah. think it is. It's right. the I mean, the Cornelius thing in the middle was because he was a man who did good things, who uh, who fears God and acts uprightly is acceptable to him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I think we forget about that in in today's society sometimes about what what, what quote unquote qualifies you to be um, to be a leader. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And is is that you? Follow God and act according to how He wants you to, even if you don't want to. <laughs> which, which, which goes back to some things we were talking about before the show, actually. Exactly. Which is really tough. Um, right. It's a tough thing to do. It's a tough thing to discern. Um, my will, God's will. Um, I guess you know it when you're doing it, even if it feels like crap. Don't you think? Yeah, it usually doesn't feel like crack. It, it, it's usually that you, I don't know, you, you're kind of feeling it, but you're going, this isn't what I was expecting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is, you know, I, this isn't the way that I told you to set this up for me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Where's, you know, where's the hot girls? Where's the, you know, where's the million dollars? I. Where's the mansion in Beverly Hills? Yeah, there are a lot of mansions in Beverly Hills. Kind of interesting. Well, those people have more money than they know what to do with. So, I think there's lots of things that could be done with everybody. You know, what, what was it I heard today recently? It's now something like I don't know, like ten percent or some odd. You know, one percent has twenty five percent of the wealth in this country now. I think this was the latest statistic I heard. Yeah. And that and that something like you know 60% or 70% has like of the population has 12% of the wealth. That would be the bottom half you're saying. Yeah, that well that's like all of us schmucks, you know, or you know what we actually amount to hmm. is like 12% of the total wealth of the country. Now that doesn't seem right to me. It's kind of off on a tangent, but um, I guess it, it ties a little bit. And, you know, what we think being chosen is, our societal ideas of being chosen is you have wealth and power and money and um, uh, resources and influence and media coverage. That that's what, that's what being chosen in our society is versus what being chosen by God is. And very... Just from what you're talking about, very little relationship with those two. Yeah, 
And you're supposed to be, I mean, I, I've always liked this first reading about, you know, a bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench. You know, if somebody's barely hanging on, you don't just say, oh, well, and mm-hmm. flick them off. You need to encourage that. And Right. But And then the good part is that the line after it says, and the coastlands will be waiting for his teaching, which means we should go to the beach. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that's L.A. right there. L.A. is in need of our teaching. Is it? I think so. Oh, man, I don't want to go to L.A. <laughs> go to L.A. We maybe, should go to L.A. Maybe San Diego. Can we go there? Yeah, that, that's nice, too. I've not been there either. But. That's our. That's going to be our Den of Iniquity tour when we go to Vegas and L.A. Uh, yeah, we were going to do that, weren't we? Yeah. Um, you know, you know the other thing I like about this this first reading um, says you start to read this part it says to open the eyes of the blind to bring out prisoners from confinement and from the dungeon and those who live in darkness, and I I think that that is a very crucial thing that we can do as just being part of what God's telling us to do is to lead people out of darkness. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of darkness these days, and you know it. it 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 hides in the light in a way. It hides in all the glittery gold and you know media and exactly. all this stuff. It might be the um, spotlight actually is the darkness. Yeah, that, that's 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 what I was trying to say, Ryder. Exactly. Uh, much much better put. But uh, so and, and you know that may tie into why the people that are actually chosen are the the prisoners and the beggars and you almost have to go through some of these things I think to have that quality of soul you know where you can actually empathize with uh pain and suffering and 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 understand that and I think you know a lot of people you know a lot of people that are in positions of power they don't really have that empathy they've never been there you know they've never been they've been elitist and they've been coddled their whole lives and I, they don't really have that thing in their heart. Yeah. Uh, my impression, though, is that everybody gets it some way or another. You know, that's that whole Catholic thing that suffering is part of your existence, Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and why is that? You you want to rail against that. But in fact, like you're saying, without any sort of suffering, it's like exercising, right? I'm right. fat. I don't want to go through the pain and suffering of exercising. But if I did, you know... Then I could get those abs, you know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> well, I, I would agree with you that I think everybody has suffering, even Paris Hilton or, you know, Donald Trump or what have you. Or, But I think I think what happens with some people is that although they have suffering, they have a, a plenitude of, of distractions and addictions that they can go to and afford to do where they really – Avoid their suffering. Now, I, I think it's true. Every, there is suffering if you really kind of go into it without um, medicating it. I think you can get something from it. True, uh, but think, even the medication is, you know, another level of suffering, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, you're not because you're not really growing from it. Yeah. Medicating it with whatever your drugs are. <laughs> I mean, just keeps you from growing well i think the the biggest drug i think i think a big drug that we're dealing with now and i think it's with the, with the current um political situation is we're dealing with the drug of power and i think um you know you look at what what has gone on i think that that is that is a real theme of of how 
uh, our leaders have been avoiding something. You know, they just they just totally, you know, we're the best and we can just do what we want. We can invade this country. We can do that. And we, you know, it's all about power. And, and, and they've been completely seduced by it, I think. And it's true, Dave, but what can we as individuals in that 60% at the bottom do about this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think there's some truth to this idea that is in, um, the, you know, that whole idea that the, with the Buddhists where they they say that if you get a certain percentage of people that are enlightened in any in any given area that it's going to, it's going to be like that idea of the hundredth monkey that it's actually going to affect the whole because everything is really kind of an organism anyway. So, or it's going to be like that yeast in the dough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I I I think that is true because, and that's something that I think everybody we all fight against because you think, well, what can one person do? What can I do in my small world, my small life, or you know, what influence can I have? But I I think. I think there's an influence that occurs on another level that that has nothing to do with how much money you have in the bank or how much power. I mean, it's 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 almost like what you're putting out into the collective consciousness just by what you do and how you act. Um, and I think that's important. Yeah, you know what, Dave? It's what you're putting out, but no sex for you. There's not always a lot of putting out. I just want to yes. throw that in there. <laughs> well, there, there, there's not nearly enough as far as I'm concerned. Well, Dave, <laughs> what can you say? Um, so, what are we talking about here today? What has this got to do with religion and or what do with the relationships and uh, um, or foosball even or foosball? We're going to combine these things. Why not? Um, well, we're talking about being chosen, and, and no, but you. What was your point? What was your? How are you summarizing this? <laughs> I've already forgotten. You know that, that it was the out people. Oh yes, and they're yes. always getting picked. Right. Well, isn't that? Wasn't that how it was in high school, though? I mean, wasn't it the outside? The the the, the girls always went for the one that uh, was rebellious. No, no, they didn't. They went for those football players, you know, with the. Smiling teeth and, you know. Oh, that's some girls. But some girls would go for the, you know, the, the guy on the motorcycle with the leather jacket. Oh, yeah, the bad or, guys. Or the piercings or the tattoos. Oh, yeah, the assholes. That's right. They always want Well, well they, they didn't necessarily have to be assholes. They, they just look like they were assholes. Well, that's true, but you, you often wonder that. You see some girl... Who's hot with some big guy? You know, you know he's a big jerk, and you go, "Well, how come that guy has this girl?" And which goes back to Seinfeld, which everything goes back to Seinfeld. Nothing? Yes, everything. The whole world can be related. This could be another one of our pieces. How how does this relate to Seinfeld? Well, there was that episode where George got the car and the leather jacket, and then he got the hot girl, even though it wasn't his car. And it was actually his mother's car or somebody. And then she found out it was her mother's, his mother's car. And then, then the whole, you know, everything went out the window. So our point is, and we do have one, <laughs> is that if you're out an outsider, it's not bad because maybe you're going to get laid too. So, you know, not only are you going to be chosen by God, you might actually get laid too. Well, maybe. Maybe, yeah. 
Well, maybe, yeah. But you know, but it's not it's not entirely bad to be an outsider. Is my point. That's true. And as far as foosball goes, and being an outsider, sometimes you can't just play by the rules. You can't just play by. Sometimes you have to go with confuse a foost. Sometimes, but you know, Dave, if you get somebody in here who has no clue about it and just spins the bars. Then you go, well, this isn't a real game. You can't be that far outside that you don't even know the rules. Yeah, and I think you especially say that if they if they happen to be winning. Well. <laughs> I think that's the time where you say, you're not really playing foosball. You're just spinning things. Exactly. But what if the, the, the score is up 6 nothing? You know, I think that's, that's how you use that. I guess so. Uh so what do we else do we want to say, Reiner, today? Nothing. Oh, wait a minute. Don't we have another sound effect? Oh, we do. In conclusion, we want to wish everybody a happy new year. Okay. Happy new year. Happy new year, everyone. And this year, we're going to be closer to God. We're going to be closer to ourselves. We're going to... Be comfortable being outsiders when we need to be outsiders. And what else are we going to do? Well, we're going to try to um, accept those things that God says, here, this is where I want you to work, even though it really wasn't where you (laughs) picked. It wasn't on the list of options on the the card you filled out. (laughs) And we're going to try to have faith that even though we're not where we want to be, that maybe maybe there's a higher perspective that we're not seeing. We're just going to try to go with it. Okay. We'll, we'll give it a shot anyway. All right. It's a new year when you're going to try something different. What do you think? We're going to try something different. That sounds good. It's going to be so much better than last year. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Amen, brother. Good job. See you next week. All righty. You can make it. Shoot it. Mamog.com